I love a beautiful lawn. You love a beautiful lawn. Everybody loves a beautiful lawn, but they don't love how long it takes and how difficult it can be. And that is where True Green comes into play because it's the easiest and most affordable way to get that beautiful lawn. Let's be real. You've got plenty of other things to do in your free time than focus on your lawn care. So let True Green take care of all of that hard work while you get to do everything else that you want to do like go play golf. Here's what you need to do. Visit truegreen.com. Okay. It allows you to do you let them do the lawn care. And if you visit truegreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people, that is all guaranteed. You can trust true green to give you the best lawn because they are the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA tour. They offer a satisfaction guarantee and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. It's truegreen.com. Get started now. Freaking first cut. Golly. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round three recap for this week's John Deere Classic. And joining me to break it all down, it's the coach. Coach, good to have you. Happy Saturday. Let me be very clear. Mark Immelman was supposed to be here today, but apparently he's so big time, Rick, that he said, you know what? I want to pass. I can't get home from the course in time. So as always, your boy steps in and steps up. Let's go. Hey, Coach whoa, whoa. Pinch hit. I, I throw. I got to throw a little word in here for my boy Mark. Okay. <laughs> it's what? It's a Saturday night, and Mark got stuck at the course because they went long anyway. Because they were playing split tees and threesomes, and we weren't going to be able to go until seven fifteen. But he was willing. <laughs> I was just was hey, Saturday night. There's a UFC. We're we're not we're not competing. We're not going up against that. Hey, jeweler, jeweler, I don't care what the real story is. I like to make <laughs> narratives of my own. Transparency. <laughs> you're right. We are about transparency. So you're right. I mean, I am kidding. I'll do this anytime. I don't care. I love Mark. By the way, by uh, the way, uh, he actually yeah. made an appearance on PGA Tour Live today as Adam Shank hit the worst eight iron of all time. And then <laughs> their smack dab on our screen was Mark over there looking for the ball. So <laughs> hey, he, he just wants his airtime no matter how he can get it. Mark got that shine during the broadcast. Uh, we'll, we'll take it from here. Uh, Coach, you know, this was a classic moving day at the John Deere Classic. The course played about a stroke and a half under par, and we saw a little bit of weather roll in. No lightning, no thunder, but the, the rains came, and that tends to soften up a golf course. These guys went out there, and they made a lot of birdies, as they tend to do at TPC Deer Run. Yeah, but I will say this, that uh, it was really weird because the guys that teed off early, and as Jeweler just said, they moved um, back. They didn't tee off till 11.09 a.m. Eastern time, three some split tees. So everybody was out there at the same time. But the guys that teed off first, they really raced out. Then here comes the weather. There's a lot of wind. So guys like Patton Kazire, Steve Stricker, Zach Johnson, they were all like 500. They gave mm-hmm. shots back because of the weather. Then it cleared up. And you saw the likes of Scott Brown, Adam Long, Cameron Champ. They came in. So, yes, there was a lot of guys that moved today, but there was a lot of guys that did not move today. And when you look at the top of the leaderboard, I tell you what, we talked about it yesterday. Or you know, Can Sebastian Munoz back it up? No. Can he back it up? No. He's done it <laughs> twice now. Now, can he do it on Sunday? I continue to fade him, 
but I don't know if I can fade him tomorrow because he's been rock solid. He certainly has, and he is our 54-hole leader, one shot clear of Brandon Hagee and two shots clear of everybody else in the world, an absolute logjam after that. And Munoz, who you mentioned, Coach, 63 on Thursday, 67 on Friday, 67 today on Saturday, and he leads the field in strokes gained approach. That is usually very sustainable, and if Munoz is able to get it done tomorrow, Coach, it's going to double his PGA Tour victory count. Uh, yeah, and remember the one victory he has so far was at, a, was at an event kind of like this where there was no top players, uh, and he had to figure it out. And I was working with Craig Perks today and Paul Stankowski. Both have won, obviously, on the PGA Tour. Perks is a former uh, player's champion. And they talk about uh, how your experience and how having won even just one time, no matter if it's an off-brand tournament or if it's one of those that's opposite a major, whatever it is, they said you can't substitute for winning. So we're starting to see a Sebastian Munoz because we showed the graphic a couple of times this weekend that he has four rounds of 63 or better on the PGA Tour. So he has proven he can go low. What he hasn't proven is that he can put four rounds together going low because he didn't have to go super, super, super low at the Sanderson, but he does here. So the question is, can he go out on Sunday? Can he put the gas pedal down? Because I best believe that Brandon Hagee is going to come for him. You best believe Cameron Champ is going to come for him. You best believe Ryan Moore, if his back holds up, is going to come for him. Can he shoot another 67 or better, which is what I believe it's going to take to get the job done? You're not going to win on Sunday at the John Deere Classic by making pars. Putting your foot on the pedal is what you're going to have to do no matter how many, one shot lead, that's that's nothing, especially here at this event. You mentioned Brandon Hagee, who I find this to be a very impressive week. You know, he he finished T6 last week at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. That was his first, first top 15 finish since Honda. That was in February, March, early March. So I look at this and I was thinking, there's no way at a kind of a different course than Detroit Golf Club, he's going to be able to back this up. Boy, was I wrong. Brandon Hagee playing great. One shot behind Munoz heading into the final round. Yeah, the narrative with him is he's a bomber. That he he only has, his, it's all about distance. He has no touch. He has no wedge game. Uh, but he proved last week. And you bring up the Honda. I actually called the Honda Classic as well. And it was a very weird second place finish because if people remember on Saturday he was right there in contention and he blew up he came down the stretch he could not hit anything straight so he backs up and I remember talking about man this would have been life-changing he just gave away three four five hundred thousand dollars then what does he do on Sunday he comes out he started early and he just blitzed and just shot ridiculously under par and ended up with a backdoor second place finish now tomorrow he can feed off of that Rick he can feed off that memory at the Honda Classic that on Sunday, even though it wasn't in the pressure cooker, he was still a top 10 performance. And then last week, what did the announcer say? Oh, he's just a bomber. He struggles with his putter. He struggles with his short game. And he ended up finishing sixth. So tomorrow, can he open the door? Can he figure out how to settle the nerves and make the putts when he needs to? He did today. He did today because he shot another 67, 15 under, solo second. I put a little cheese before this round because I had a gut feeling about him and also Kevin Na. And right now, both guys have a shot to win tomorrow. Yeah, it's funny. These guys will take any little positive experience, any memory that they can kind of uh, pull 
from the memory bank out there and use on the weekend. So we'll see if Hagee can continue the strong play. One of the big movers, you mentioned him, Cam Champ, uh, starts his round with four consecutive birdie. Birdies five out of his first six holes. Uh, played mostly par golf after that, but he did add one more birdie at 14. He flies up the leaderboard. He was six under on Saturday. Now just two shots back for a guy who... He said he's playing some of the best golf that he ever has, but it hasn't been translating to the results because he's missed a bunch of cuts leading into this event. Yeah, I said today he's the most uh, surprising name at the top of the leaderboard because of what you just said. He's either been withdrawing, he's been missing cuts, he he hasn't been playing good golf. So to hear him say he's playing some of the best golf of his <laughs> of know. his life is very very surprising. Now we also got to keep in mind that there is one spot open. For the Open Championship, you got to finish in the top five. You've got to be already not exempt for the Open Championship. And by the way, Matthew Wolf pulled out today. Kevin Nall pulled yep. out a couple days ago. So there, there is more added pressure than just winning tomorrow. It's going to be a life changer. There's been a lot of first-time winners at this event, Spieth, Bryson. But also there have been guys that have come here for the first time that have won. Our defending champion, Dylan Fratelli, he played in 2019 for the first time in one. He missed the cut yesterday. So uh, there's a lot to look at tomorrow. Can Cameron Champ, who's already won a couple of times on the PGA Tour, and we talked about using that experience, can he find his game for the third straight day? Because we've seen, we saw it today. If you can put five or six holes together, race out, and then just, just stay even for the rest of the way, that might be enough tomorrow. Yeah, there's a lot at stake tomorrow uh, for sure. Our friends over at William Hill have given Sebastian Munoz the nod. He's the favorite, plus 250 with that one-shot lead, one shot behind Brandon Hagee, five and a half to one. And then the names just start piling up, Coach. Kevin Na is eight to one. Ryan Moore is 10 to one. And Cameron Champ is 11 to one. But if you think anybody within three shots of the lead is still in this thing. You can find a pretty good price on him because of the log jam that we have at the top. Yeah. We played that game today because let's be honest, the last three hours are brutal. When you do featured holes and you're calling the same two holes for three hours, you got to play some game, right? So we played how far back is two back. And, and Craig perks thought that 11 under is still relevant. He didn't think they could do it, but they're relevant. If somebody goes out and shoots a 61, which has happened here before, a 59 has happened here before, a 60 has happened here before. So if that happens, certainly they're relevant. But I think if we're being realistic, Rick, and look at the odds, I think if we go down to 13, that's as far down as we can go because that's uh, in a – there's 11 guys that are 13 under or better. And when I look at the odds over here, uh, I look at Adam Long. He played very, very good today at plus – 1400 Maverick McNeely the last two days he's 13 under par he began with even par 71 I would put a little bit on him in fact I did before the before the tournament started I got him at plus 3300 so I've got several winning tickets that are floating out there in the universe God, Rick, I'm just hoping one of them comes through tomorrow. <laughs> uh, I I know that feeling. It's uh, it's a, it's it's one of plenty of sweats. Yeah, I, I think the 13s. That's about right. If Munoz shoots four or five under, if he shoots another 67 like he did on Saturday, that puts him at 20 under par. That gives the 13s an outside shot to go out there shoot seven under. We saw a couple of guys do that on Saturday and yes. try to get yourself into a playoff, and that's and that, I think that that keeps you 
keeps you alive. Adam Long, uh, probably the one that I have circled there. Yeah, I'm I'm a little bit shocked to be honest that he's plus fourteen hundred. Uh, sometimes mm-hmm. the the market misses it. And here's a guy who remember he, he he's won with big yep. people in the field before, and he, he outdoed uh, Phil Phil. Wilson. Phil, yeah, yes, he yeah. did. Yeah, out yeah. Of the desert, he certainly did. So you got uh, Scott Brown doesn't scare me. Uh, Adam Long to me is the guy if it's not Brandon Hagee. Uh and then Cameron Champ is also at fourteen under par. So I mean you've got one, two, three, four, five guys at fourteen under, which is two. Sebastian Munoz just doesn't scare me tomorrow. I just don't think he can do it four days in a row. If he does, I'll tip my cap and say, good for you. You've won uh, two times now on the PGA Tour. I just don't see it happening. Mm. Wide open on Sunday at the John Deere. And we've got a competitive one on the other side of the pond, the final preparation for the Open Championship. We're going to talk on that quickly. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. And we're back. The European Tour is having its Scottish Open this week. We've been following along after each and every round. The number one player in the world, John Rahm, right in the mix. Again, Coach, he's one shot back. He shot his worst round on Saturday. That was a 69, burned the edge with plenty of putts. But John Rahm, (laughs) fresh off of his U.S. Open victory, certainly in the mix in Scotland. This is a perfect example of you can't just look at the score and – think, well, he just had a very ho-hum round. No, that's far from it. He came out early. In the first five holes, I believe he had three putts under five feet that he missed. He three-putted three greens in the first five holes to have two bogeys. Then he got things going. What does that tell me? It tells me I should be scared. Not me, but if I'm the rest of the field, they should be scared, I should say. Because when he comes out and he's two over and he's furious and he's John Rahm, he's getting ticked off and and all of a sudden, he just starts making a, he makes a birdie on six, and then he then he makes a birdie on eight. And there you see his card right there. He did bogey sixteen, which is par five, which he didn't did not like. But right now, Rom is firing on all cylinders. And when your worst is a two under, that means you're playing great golf. That means you're playing like the number one player in the world. My other takeaway from this, Rick, if people saw it, and this is this is the thing I love about Justin Thomas. He will embrace his shanks. He will embrace his bad shots, unlike other people. He posted it himself, and it was so funny. He laid up on a par five. He waited till the green was cleared and then topped it 20 yards into a bunker right in front of him, and it was hilarious. Absolutely. Cold top, yeah, that you see at your local Muni 100 (laughs) times a day. (laughs) Yes, and he did it, and I was happy because I had a matchup. I had Rom over Justin Thomas today. So when I saw it, I was like, thank God. Because when you start plus two in a head-to-head matchup, 
it's a disaster, especially when guys are up in the, in the teens and you're like, there's no way I can recover from that. And there it is right there. Thank you, jeweler. Uh, and then he does the classic drop the, drop the club. And um, we've seen him, Justin Rose, they've had a tendency to shank over the years. And I'll never yeah. forget JT had a horrible shank at Riviera and yeah. joked about it then too. Um, th- that, th- that, this that, would throw me off if I was him. Oh yeah, that three wood off the deck is is the one that always seems to get the pros every once in a while. You'll like this one too, Coach. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick tied for the lead heading yeah. into the final round of the Scottish Open. He has already he has made plans before this event started. You know what he's not going to miss? He's not going to miss the final of the Euro 2020. England versus Italy. He said, I'm going. I, I know I'm in the final group. I've got the last tee time. He's like, I I am not going to miss this. He said, if there's a trophy presentation, he's going to sprint out of there as quick as he can. <laughs> well, I'm trying to remember because obviously we're going to pick the game on the early edge. What time does the game start local time? He's going to have to take a private plane or a, a, a helicopter. How close is it to where they're playing? Because it's know? in it's in London. So he's going to have okay. to go from his his Sunday tea time is 116 local. And okay. he is 400 miles away. So that's okay. what, an hour flight approximately? Yeah, you go in an hour. So, yeah, so, so, it's, so it's, it's a nighttime start? It's a nighttime start no. local? Uh that is a good to, question. Uh, I believe it's close to a 8 p.m. start. 8 p.m. Yes. start. It has to be. Yeah, five hour yeah. yeah, it has to be. So, which is going to be awesome because uh, under the lights, soccer at that yeah. level is awesome. And let's, let's let's face it, England hasn't been there in forever. This is a national holiday tomorrow for them. The fact that they mm-hmm. made it to the finals, it's going to be an insane atmosphere. I respect him. And I respect him for saying it. He's the race to Dubai defending champion. And I watched him a lot today. He's got his game on point. And I think he can go out tomorrow. Thomas Dietrich has never won on the, on the European tour. Tomorrow would be his first one. And to win an event that has, what, 25 of the top 50 in the world and five yeah. of the top 10 or six of the top 10, I don't think – I think Dietrich is going to be overwhelmed by the moment and the guys that are chasing. I think it's Matthew Fitzpatrick's and John Roms to lose uh, on Sunday. That would be quite a Sunday if Fitzpatrick could win, hop a flight, uh, go see his country win the Euro 2020 finals. That would just be chef's kiss. That would be a great day. It really would. It really would. All right, Coach. We're going to get out of here. That'll do it for round three of the John Deere Classic. We'll be back, of course, after the final round uh, to break it all down, and then we are going to look ahead of course, to the Open Championship. But for now, let me thank producer Jacob does all the hard work behind the scenes. That right there is the coach. You can find him on Twitter at the Coach Rules, and you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time. 